0: Hello, is this thing on? Welcome back to another episode of Energy 101. It has been a hot minute since myself and Misty have been in here, so stoked Mm -hmm. to be back. I don't know if anyone saw Julie's post, but we're coming back with a vengeance, so get ready.
1: We are. I'm... I was honestly surprised at how many people wanted to help. So many. Why didn't we do that sooner? I don't know. Uh, it was too easy, a break from I guess. Those. We so unintentionally unintentionally because Life it's really work. hard to get people to come on. Um, yep. Plus, when we're we're like all the executors <laughs> in the business. Yeah, we have a real really job hard here to <laughs> do both. I mean, as you know, so.
2: We're trying to do the same thing. That's funny. JP Warren, you know, yeah. JP too. He's doing the same thing. He was yeah. doing podcasts and then he took a break and mm-hmm. he called me. So I'm the first back on two oh, big yeah. time podcasts Congrats. this week. Wow. Special. <laughs> I love it.
1: Yeah. I love it. Yeah. He, uh, we, he was on our platform and then he just took it under his umbrella of uh, oh, really? connection crew. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I okay. mean, yeah, it works. So that's exciting for him. Yeah. And I
0: think for us. So speaking yeah. of our first guest back, Brett, do you want to introduce yourself?
2: Yes, sir. Uh, yes. I'm Brett Schell, uh, CEO of Cobor Technology, new Houston transplant, almost fresh American. Not Great. quite yet. Welcome. Yeah. Ex-Canadian. Wait, I love,
1: I feel like you're more Texan than most Texans in Houston.
2: Uh, that's what I get told a lot. Yeah. yeah like I, you,
1: you belong <laughs> in like West Texas.
2: Please get me out <laughs> yes. there. Wherever it's yeah. like the freest with the most guns and yes. everyone wants to talk about politics. Yep, that's me. You're that's there. Mid- Midland,
1: <laughs> Texas is calling your name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love
0: it. I
2: escaped Canada. I'm very thankful to be here.
1: Yeah. So how yeah. long have you been here?
2: A couple of years. Oh, okay. I, I was living in the Marriott downtown for a couple of years, basically on off and on, and then yeah. I got a house uh, in was it Clear Lake,
3: big mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm.
2: City. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I just looked on a map and I didn't really ever go there. And I'm like, oh, that's not too far.
0: It's funny it, you say that because <laughs> Crystal on our team, the same thing happened to her. She moved from Japan um, and she also lives in Clear Lake because she bought it when they were over there. Saw it on a map and was like, that doesn't seem too far. Mm-hmm. Now she hates her life. <laughs> drives it's, an hour. Drives yeah. an hour to work <laughs> every day.
2: It's mm-hmm. so bad. Because when you're not from Houston, you don't understand yeah. the traffic mm-hmm. and the distances. Yeah. And Clear Lake kind of looks nice because there's always lakes and it's Right. Like you like, this is the you're
0: best. Like, right. That's mm-hmm. great. No. Then you got there, direct surprise.
2: I was like trying to tell people like, well, come out here. And they're like, no, I'm not coming out
0: there. Yeah, it's way too far. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks. So now I live
2: in Heights, which is like 10 minutes away. which is
0: perfect. Good. Nice. Me That's too. A good location. Yeah. I'm a Heights bitch for life.
2: <laughs> Sweet.
1: Yeah. So um, should we get into it? So I think today we're going to talk about um, your roughnecking experience in Canada. We're all very interested. Um, I'm... I'm wondering if we'll have any more questions since Colin came on and he explained everything to us. So um, I think like the difference will be how it is in Canada because we only know how it is in you know, Texas. Mm-hmm. I mean, he worked in other places, but when he was a Roughneck, it was in West Texas. Um, and yeah, there's a big difference between that and Canada. Mm-hmm. So what year or how old were you when you started Roughnecking?
3: I think that's exactly
2: right, but I think I'm like 23.
1: 23. And did like you? Were you like born and raised like in oil and gas? No. No.
2: No. So I was born in a small town, and then I dropped out in grade 12. Kind of, I didn't really technically finish. Like I didn't get all my credits and everything. But mm-hmm. my assistant principal, he really liked me. So he's like, I was like, can I just have like the Harry Potter outfit and go to the thing with everybody and get my pictures? And he's like, Yeah. I don't care. So he gave me things on. I "I kind of graduated.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're all the same person.
2: (laughs) Really? Did he do that too?
1: I mean, yeah, he barely graduated. Like, I don't know. I don't know how he ended up like talking into letting him graduate because he wasn't supposed to either. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, basically, I didn't have the stuff. I didn't really care if I did graduate. So technically, I didn't. I didn't get my thing. Yeah. But they let me have the paper. They put my name on it and I got my pictures and I went on the stage. Great. the, the principal's like, like, I don't care. did it
3: for mm-hmm. show. Yeah. For your mom. Like,
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everybody got to come. <laughs> so, but I basically dropped out and left and I went to art school in Vancouver because I'm an artist and that's what mm. I love to do. And there's a great school there where I got accepted into it. And so I started doing that and I realized pretty quick, I'm like, all my friends, this is like early 2000s, where 100 grand a year was a lot of money. Yeah. Like you're rich. And so all my friends were on drilling rigs. This is in the boom of Alberta, Canadian oil and gas. Gotcha. And so they were all making hundred, hundred fifty grand a year, some two hundred grand a year, and I'm like making nothing, painting pictures. Yeah. And that's how I ended up in the oil field. <laughs> I wanted an Escalade, so I quit and left.
1: That's so interesting because I feel like going and working on a rig is a lot different <laughs> than painting pictures. <laughs> a lot more rough. Was it like a hard um, culture, culture yeah. shock? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah.
2: I had like no discipline. No, like I was oh, just cause you're like,
1: like a free spirit. You're very creative and yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. And so, but my sister was dating a guy who was a driller out there and he came and we got along really good and I liked him, but he was a hard ass and mm-hmm. I kind of like respected that about him. I'm like, Oh, this guy I can be friends cause he's kind of cool. And then he's like, you can come out to the rig for sure and make hundred grand a year, like right away. And I was like, let's do it. That's easy. Just bought all my hard hat, my little cl- coveralls and I'll just go out there and just screw around and make some money.
1: how was your first day
2: oh terrible it was scary it's honestly scary like you're you don't and that doesn't really sit in until you're driving for eight hours in the middle of nowhere and then the truck's going down the dirt road and all of a sudden this giant machine is just there and you don't i don't know like i don't know what a derrick is i don't know what anything is Mm -hmm. and then there's five guys there that all have worked together for years and they're like brothers and they're the, you're the guy. And that, you're
1: the new guy But mm-hmm. they're trying to run off. Yes, <laughs>
4: yeah. that's
2: it. And it's like, a, I think it's a lot different now. Uh, you're not allowed to do like trial by initiation. Mm. But it was very much like you are not part of this crew. You don't get to eat. You don't mm. get to go on the, you know, you don't sit where we sit. You don't change. And it's rude and it's hard and it's on purpose. It's deliberate because they don't want soft people out there. Yeah. Mm. They want guys that can take it, will hack it and put it in. They all had to go through it. So it's like, you have to do this.
1: Yeah,
2: It was crazy. Yeah.
1: How long did you work out there? Uh,
2: So I was supposed to do it for like my plan, classic oil field plan, is like a year or two. Make enough money to buy a cool car and a little bit of cash and then go do whatever I'm going to do. And it was like six years, almost seven, and then my brother in law got hired to go, and I got hired to go to build rigs for another company. And so then I was there for a little while and then they started promoting us and doing it. And then I'm like, When we got offered promotions there, I was like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah. The day they offered me the promotion, I quit. Yeah. Because it's like, you have this like moment. Yeah. Yeah, You're
1: like, am I going to do this the rest of my life? Yeah. It's very hard to leave. And that's a lot of the problem in Midland. People don't leave Midland because it's so hard to leave the money.
2: Yeah. You got to be careful because there's a trap. Like a lot of people say this about oil and gas guys, like a running joke. Like the riggers that make the money and they spend all the money and then they're in that cycle. It's true, I think, a lot of it because we don't get, like I didn't grow up with any education around money. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you get your money, you buy assets, you depreciate them, you buy houses, you get passive right. income. No one talked about that. So it's like you get a job and you make 50% of what your money is, the rest goes to the government, and then you buy shit. Yep. Mm-hmm.
3: Like, and you
2: know, yeah. And that's it. Yeah.
0: That's it.
2: That's it. And then the, the trap is, I don't think these guys are so much worse than anybody else, but the life is that you go away for three quarters of your life and you live it on a rig in the middle of a field, and you don't see anybody, you miss all the dinners, you miss all the birthdays, you miss all the weekends, you mm-hmm. miss everything, and you're stuck on this rig. And then you get one week off to come back. And it's like I'm going jet skiing, I'm going boating, I'm going taking my family to Disneyland, I'm going mm-hmm, up, yeah. up up, 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 mm-hmm. up, and try and cram life into a week, and that's where all the money goes.
3: Yeah
2: and unless you're like, Go. You do drugs. Spend <laughs> <Well, laughs> well, the that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wasn't that. So, but yeah. but it does. I like I have sympathy and empathy for that. You know that yeah. kind of perspective mm-hmm. that gets put on them because they are you're trying to cram life into. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So you worked what two weeks on, one week off.
2: Yeah, two weeks on, one week off, and on a drilling rig. And so I did a lot like what Colin. What did Colin tell you? He where did he do? I don't even really know. He drilling rigs.
1: Yeah, so he was a roughneck for I want to say four years um he actually broke out on a canadian rig so his crew was pretty much all canadians um and he worked his way up to maybe a derrick hand, or maybe he was about to get promoted and then he went into services oh yeah he went into wireline after that
2: yeah yeah. So yeah, it's uh like I don't need to go into all the details of that, but the lifestyle and everything, you were you, you were dating So then? I
1: no, we were okay, during that time we had we were dating, we had just moved in together, we got pregnant with our first kid. Um so the two week on, two week off was I was pregnant and you know, had our first son. And then when it went into wireline, it was very much a twenty four seven on call. So I would prefer the two week, he actually worked four weeks on, two weeks off. He did two weeks of days, two weeks of nights, two weeks off. So the two weeks of nights, like That's absolutely sucks. Like I yeah. never yeah. saw him. Yeah. He came home. He just slept all day. I had to stay quiet. Um, so that sucked, but I, I actually talked about this on the last podcast. I don't think people realize how much of a work ethic is passed on to the families of oil filled hands because I, Everything I did, I had to do by myself. I had to find, figure out how to move furniture, put things together, like do everything, take care of everything. So on our days off, we could just enjoy each other. Yeah. It wasn't mm-hmm. like he came home and you Let's had a build list a of things to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I couldn't have like a honey do list, and it's bled into how we live our lives now, which a lot of people I don't think understand. Yeah, it's very traditional in a sense, but at the same time, it's like it's what we had to do to. Survive that, right? Like, mm-hmm. And it's it's honestly nice not depending on anyone. <laughs> Whenever you like want to get something done, you want to get it done. You don't want to wait for two weeks off to finish this project. So yeah, yeah. Families, don't, I mean, people don't realize that on the
2: wives, like oil filled wives. That's the task side of things too. That's not like the emotional, mental.
1: Exactly. Side. Yeah. Like you're alone all the time, all the time with the kids. Like there's no like calling for help or hey, come watch. the kids, anything like that. So, yeah, and ours were very little at that time. And when he was, I think when I had three, they were all like four and under. That's when he was on call. And that's whenever like no days off. There was mm-hmm. no for sure days off. Sure, he might be home for a week, but he could be gone the next day. So that was tough. Yeah. It, and it was a transition for when he quit his job and was home all the time. Like it's very, very different.
2: Are you guys involved with like anyone that has that's in the oil field or has been oil field?
0: In
1: no, mm-hmm. Nope. Good. No.
0: Okay. Don't ever do it. No, <laughs> no. I, uh, I a lot. I'm from Florida. I'm not even from Texas, so I had no idea.
2: So we did alligator farmers,
0: right? No. <laughs> and drug dealers. Yeah. <laughs> we have we do bath salts and gators. Um, no, but I didn't. I don't think people outside of where oil fields are, or anyone that's working in energy, it's not talked about in other like. It was never a topic of conversation in Florida. You like maybe hear it on the news, but even then I still don't think unless like your parents are really into politics, no one knows where electricity comes from, no one knows where gas comes from, or yeah. nothing.
2: That's it crazy, is, yeah. But it's true. Like even like Alberta, yeah. where I live, is kind of like the Texas of Canada. Yeah.
0: I didn't know that Canada did oil. <laughs> <I> didn't <laughs> either. until. Nope recently
2: no idea <laughs> canada used to do a lot more oil we got pretty liberal governments now so yeah. they're squishing the whole thing but there's a lot up there there's, yeah but it's kind of different it's like there's some unconventional and there's some tar sand stuff. anyway it's all technical stuff doesn't matter but it i lived in a town that was like a few hours from where like west texas would be where all the midland that's where yeah. all the action is houston people know about oil and gas because there's a lot of the headquarters here right but if you go outside like austin and all that they don't really yeah right it's not a thing so it's crazy like mm-hmm. because we're in it we think that people know or just based common sense you'd know you have to they
0: really don't yeah
2: oh. i know i didn't either until i got into it and then when you get into it yeah <laughs> you just don't know <laughs> yeah. what to expect there's no way you can prepare for it it's such an interesting thing tell people, but yeah
0: well and it's it's interesting to to be on the inside and to realize like how big the industry really is we talk about it all the time as mm-hmm. Not just oil production, but like the petrochemicals, everything, almost everything that you touch daily Mm -hmm. is somehow related, made from petrochemicals. Mm -hmm. Like it's insane.
1: We had a downstream person on last week. I've never learned about downstream at all because being from Midland, it's like, is it upstream? Upstream is all I know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. so it's just interesting that there's so, there's mm-hmm. so many parts to downstream. There's, and this is just oil and gas. Then mm-hmm. you have all the other verticals. It's, it's wild. And that's how we started this. So we can try to learn yeah. more, but it's I old. will say it's very hard to learn where, when you can't go and like touch it or yeah. like go out mm-hmm. there and experience it, like actually look at the rig, actually look at whatever is going in the hole. You know, it's very different being hands on. So I will say that's a little bit mm-hmm. tough, but.
2: You just need to, do, like, add some video to some of these things. I know. Like, get clips yeah. so you can show them, like, a picture.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah,
2: because that makes a big difference. Yeah, but, I mean, getting to see And things. between Canada yeah. and the U.S., like, to your question about what's different about Canadian stuff, mm-hmm. I think, obviously, so there's the temperature differences which make a big difference.
3: Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's,
2: there's different, like, schedules. Like, we have months in the spring where you can't work. They just, everything shuts down. Oh. It's called breakup. Because it's too cold. Too muddy.
3: Oh, too, too muddy.
2: Yeah, too no. soft. Like the ground's too soft because when it thaws out and all the uh, snow okay. melts, oh. the rigs can't drive around because it just so sinks into sense. the dirt. Mm-hmm. So that they, and they don't mm-hmm. want to wreck all the farmers' roads. So, so there's so.
1: no drilling at None. all going on during this months. Yeah. So what does everyone? Uh, do, yeah. Does, does, do people how have do you other get
0: paid?
2: No, you don't. You just you don't. Yeah. You go find a different job. Yeah, and sometimes breakup can. No, usually you work. We. So the thing in Canada is you work a lot in the winter, as much as you can, like pretty steady yeah the whole time and then come around like may april may breakup starts and then so it's called breakup and then from april may june july basically to sometimes august september depends wow. how bad it was it slowly comes back in august that's specific.
1: insane yeah mm-hmm. i didn't know that
2: yeah so you get like a few months off in canada and but it sometimes turns into like four or three right. four, you're waiting for that phone call so you
1: like try to mm-hmm. save
0: what do you like what do you you do i feel like i'd run out of money if i didn't get another job or do you work your
1: days off
2: Uh, a lot of guys like go farming or something like that if they run out of cash a lot you don't like the thing is you work like three months with no days off in minus 50 and dark most of it so you're just i don't
0: understand i can't even like (laughs) visualize what that looks like Mm -hmm. i just
1: picture all these like roughnecks trying to work with like icicles coming down their face yeah like just the tears and the <laughs> stuff Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Okay. So, what, there I'll tell you a story story. So, we worked on a rig in Northwest Territories, which basically Alaska. Mm-hmm. And in the winter there, we went and on the way we'd stay in a camp. So it's like these little trailers. You guys have been to a camp here? It's like little. I'm, I mean, I think I've seen square at go trailers. Yeah. They got like beds and a bathroom in them, and then okay. they just have forty of them in a row. And they just flatten a piece of land and put them out there, and that's sort where of It's horrible. Yeah, (laughs) it's as bad as it sounds
0: I'm like cringing (laughs) on that so you'll fly
2: (laughs) like a big plane to whatever city's closest and then you'll take a truck to a small airport and then you'll get on some plane, there was planes where one time it was like puttering out on the way there because they're crappy planes that no one ever uses to go to like the bush where it's like
1: you come crashing down (laughs)
4: The one time one plane (laughs) shut
2: off in the air and it just started to drop, and I've never seen like your your crew's faces go so white. We're all like, we all thought we were gonna
1: die.
0: Oh my (laughs) gosh!
2: And then it's just like. So you're already
1: doing a
0: dangerous job. It's right? Just yeah. yeah. It's dangerous you're gonna there. risk my life every day, right. and I'm gonna die in a fucking plane.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: So they fly on those crappy planes, and then you get in a crew truck, and the crew that was working is coming out. So you and just, you're
1: like sitting there, and you're like bumping next to each other.
2: Yes, packed. bumping. <laughs> like there's praying like bags at the same and time. hard hats all around oh you, and gosh. you know you're going to like a Siberian work camp for three months. It's the worst. That's
0: what it sounds like.
2: It is basically.
0: Siberia. Yeah. yeah.
2: And so you'll go to the airport and the outcoming crew, you see them. And these are guys that look like they were in World War II. Like they're like, God, get me out of here. And you're just like,
0: You like haircuts yourself. Yeah.
2: yeah. And you get and you go to your crappy trailer and you unload your stuff and then you go and you drive another maybe hour or two out to the rig. And on the in the truck, I remember a lot of times when we were working up there, we look at the mirror where it has the temperature thing on the old GMs and it said minus fifty eight.
1: I was just about to ask that.
2: Yeah. And I was just and you're supposed to shut it down at like minus thirty or something. Like they're oh. not supposed to go past that. That's a not a thing. They don't care. Yeah. Yeah. You That's know, just like finish drilling, please. Yeah. Right. And so minus fifty eight, and you go out there and there is a trick that we all had. So you put on your like four layers and you're like big you're like a starfish, like yeah. a baby with those things on. <laughs> and you come outside and they just spray you down with the wash gun. Get you wet. Wait, why? Well, because you're probably like so it's really minus fifty-eight and windy. So the wind chill there, you can't have any skin sticking out.
1: You're going to get frostbite.
2: Yeah, it'll it'll take a minute or two and it'll just like frostbite your skin. So you have to have everything covered and then the wind is still getting through. So you want, you spray yourself down with a water gun for two reasons. One, it makes like an ice layer on all your clothes (laughs) and that stops the wind. And then two, if you're tripping pipe (laughs) and you're on the floor and you're breaking connections, like we said, so they pull the pipe out and they break it off and go to lay it down. All the fluid out of the top pipe spills on you. So it's like wet, it just drips on you. So, if you just do the light layer first, it makes that first layer and you don't get it soaking through. Wow. So, just build up. You yeah. just keep breaking it off.
1: Oh my God.
0: And you can't wow.
2: go inside for 12 hours.
1: That sounds terrifying. Are yeah. there like, um, how do I, like heaters? Like, are there any insulation type of things? Like, is it boxed up? Like, normal rigs, they're like in West Texas, they're not. There's nothing that really protects you because weather's not that bad. Yeah. But, are there like walls?
2: They're, the bigger rigs have what they call prefabs. So they'll put up walls around it and they'll have heaters in there and then it's a little more normal. But yeah. I was on like crappy or little rigs. And so no.
1: No, there's nothing. Get out there. That's insane, especially because you just walk outside and you're just going to get frostbite. Mm-hmm. We always
2: had like the lines all winter yeah. permanently. Mm-hmm. Like you go home for oh, two weeks and you have these red lines on your cheek from your skin being toasted.
1: Um, <laughs> so what happened when you have to go to the bathroom? Yeah.
2: You do it quick. You go in the cellar. So underneath okay. the rig floor, there's like heated box. It's all, that's prefabbed in to keep this, like where the bowl and everything okay. warm. But and so you go down there. Okay. Yeah. Or there's bathrooms, but you go quick so that your clothes don't melt. Because if you go in the shack or it's warm, they start melting and then you're screwed.
1: <gasps> oh my gosh. I have like a newfound respect for Canadian reconnect. <laughs>
0: I I feel like insane. there should be some, you know, like that show Naked and Afraid. Like I feel like there needs to be some sort of like survivor-esque. Yes. <laughs> last for a week
1: <laughs> Canadian
2: yeah. Yeah. in the dead of winter yeah well then like, the, there's cross shifts there so you usually do two or three weeks in kind of thing mm-hmm. and then our two of our guys on our cross shift quit last minute and so mm-hmm. they're, they fly them in there's no one else
3: you'd have to stay you can't
2: leave yeah. so yeah. then we just did three nights of or three weeks of nights so we didn't saw sun for like six weeks I think I would go
1: and yeah. Yeah,
2: you literally do. It's, it's uh, so Did depressing. it take a yeah.
1: toll on your mental health?
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. I bet. Because yeah. you're like, you're just watching all the stuff that's going on at home. People are like, you You miss, you really end up like the little things like going out for dinner. I feel like if you don't have enough gratitude in your life, you're not thankful for mm-hmm. what you got, you go do something like that. And then you're isolated from that and you just be glad to be able to go for dinner with your yeah. wife again. Or yeah. Like, yeah. Just, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's you don't a, take you, it
1: for granted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, yeah. how did you end up here and uh, starting Cold War? Uh, Let's
2: get into it. Yeah. So I, when I that company that we were building rigs for, when they were going to give me the promotion, we quit, and I wanted to start my own business. And I'd always done like little side businesses, yeah, aren't real things, like we all just do share, yeah. sell whatever, yeah. yeah. Easter baskets or whatever. Yeah. So it's not a real company, but stuff like that. I was selling cars. <laughs> but the
0: cars. money's real. So it's on the yeah, yeah, money.
2: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was selling cars a lot, but I wanted to do a real thing. And mm-hmm. so my, I asked uh, three or four different mentors, like, what's the thing that I need to know? Because I, you know, I don't know anything when you're starting companies. I literally don't know anything.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
2: so the, the big, the, there's a lot of stuff they said, but the one thing that was a common theme was if you're planning on doing what you think you're going to do, which is this kind of do some larger scale stuff. You have to learn how to finance a company. So you didn't, you don't know corporate finance, and you don't know how to fund, and you don't know private equity, and mm-hmm. you don't know any of this. If you don't learn that to some level before you go do this, you you probably won't get far. And even if you do, you'll get it taken from you. Yeah. At a certain point. Mm-hmm. And so, <clears throat> then I went and joined a basically a PE group, uh, like accelerator. It was it was kind of a weird thing, but you, we raise money, we build narratives for startups, raise money. And then get them off the ground and then do another one and do another one. Cool. So great spot. Yeah. To go do that. So then did that and then started Cold and Raptor Rig. And so you that did that
1: like you were an employee there or you took Cold there?
2: No, I was an employee there.
1: Oh, to just learn. Yeah.
2: That's yeah. Really and smart. that's actually that where really Aaron smart. and I met. Yeah. So
1: no.
2: yeah, at that at that place. And so learn from a, a lot of really smart people to fund startups and build them. Mm-hmm. And that's so you get to see it happen a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, you see like three or four of them don't work. What works, what For whatever reason, yeah. right? And so it was a really good experience. And then started Cold War when I was like, 2014, already. So.
1: so it's been nine years? Yeah. Wow. I know. What
4: <laughs> I
2: was, I was, was planning is. on it being half that, but.
1: And <laughs> here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Entrepreneurship. <laundry> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel like we're not I, halfway yet either. I
1: feel you on that.
2: <laughs> right? I know, I know you guys too. Like, <laughs>
0: Like, you so, know, we breathe yeah <laughs> right
2: okay in the center
0: start a play namaste start a play. we're grateful We need
4: that yeah yes.
2: if Follow the guy on instagram He's like let's be grateful fuckers Have you seen that guy no oh, he's the best he's a yoga it. guy but he swears all the time he's yeah come like, <laughs> on center with the
1: fuckers
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I I uh, yeah we, do. Yeah,
0: we yeah. do
1: we need that like all the time. Mm-hmm. I I especially, I need to come in this room and say the same thing to myself like every hour on Mantras, the Mantras, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Mantra.
1: Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, and so, sorry, I am going mean to swear
2: on her. I just realized uh, that. We can beep it. It's
1: okay. okay. Yeah, totally fine. We, we I don't know if we'll beep it. Yeah. We won't beep it. We won't We're all know. about being real humans here Good. and real we humans are. cuss. We're not robots. I like it. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Like it. <laughs> yeah. We're probably yeah. going to get yelled at on LinkedIn for not being professional, but it's okay.
2: Who cares? <laughs>
1: Um, Okay, so what does Cold War do?
2: Okay, so layman's terms, uh, you guys are familiar, everyone's kind of familiar with fracking. There's drilling and fracking, basically two things. You drill a well, comes out, big drill, puts a hole in the ground. Fracking, they come, they pump a bunch of water or whatever, a bunch of stuff in the water and they just break up the rock Mm -hmm. underneath the ground so that it can release more natural gas or oil or whatever. Yep. Pretty straightforward. Um, The gap that we're filling is that the fracking, just like everything else, the fracking process over the last 10 years has gotten a lot more complex and the jobs have gotten bigger and the equipment's gotten more complex and all this stuff. When they started fracking, it was one well and they would just frack that well. And then they went to multi wells and there's a bunch in a mm-hmm. row and then they tried to get more efficient. So, the, you know, they're all like 10 companies out there, big companies that are yeah. all doing a part of it. And they started like, oh, I got to do my part and then you do your part. And then they're like, well, what if we do our part on this well and you do your part on that well while we're doing this so we can go faster and we'll right. kind of jump over each other. And that's evolved to like now there's two of each of those companies doing stuff, right? And so it just gets more and more complex. And uh from 2000 to 2015 when fracking was really like getting going in mm-hmm. that level of complexity, it was like a land grab. Like it, you know, it was good times for oil and gas. So that just means they're going as fast as they
3: can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Frack, 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 frack,
2: frack. And the operation got more complex, but no, in that type of uh, environment, there's not a lot of desire, especially in oil and gas, which is one of the like, slowest industries to adopt technology.
0: <laughs> we talk about it all the time. Right? Uh, so, you're,
2: so already yeah. you have that, and then you have that there's not attention on it because there's money being made everywhere and they have to make more money. Then 2015 to now has been like this roller coaster of up and down and up and down, which has changed the sentiment mm-hmm. where people are like, okay, hold on. We have to figure out how to make more with less get more automated, be more diligent, do all these things, be more efficient. And so the challenge that's arisen that's given us the opportunity is that in doing that, the oil companies are saying to all these companies on location, you got to send us all your data and we want to look at it. Mm -hmm. And so they all got control systems, which they didn't have really before. And they all started sending data to the oil company. And it's just, it's a like a big mess. Because now you got multiple wells that are part of that data set. you got multiple companies sending you their version of what they did, and mm-hmm. they're trying to put it together right to make a complete
0: and I'm sure some of it like wow. doesn't match up right. and it's all all over the place, yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't
2: match up, and like the other thing is like none of these guys are hard lined into each other. They're not sharing data in real time, right, which mm-hmm. is crazy, right like thirty million dollar <laughs> frac. they're not yeah. connected. <laughs> they're just like.
4: Your turn, Bill. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's nuts. So,
0: if it's so, like a walkie-talkie, like, all right. <laughs> right,
2: that's that's actually what it is. Walkie-talkie. Oh <laughs> my god! I'm not kidding. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah. The- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's some of it. It's actually advancing faster now, where they're trying to do that, but still, so there's no connection, and all that data coming to the oil companies is really hard for them to do much with. Mm-hmm. They do what they can, but there's not a lot, and so we're just going out there and connecting all these companies and we format all that data so that it's one data set that's Mm -hmm. usable and they can just look through our they can log into our thing and it kind of agnostifies all the services out there and just brings it all into one program Mm -hmm. so they can just click through screens and make relative analysis Mm -hmm. and pull it all back and then they just tell us i need this to go into a database or i need to make analytics or reports or whatever And so our business is about putting that infrastructure out there, maintaining it, and then providing software development and services for all the service companies and the oil companies to start actually using infrastructure.
0: That seems very helpful. Yeah, I think it is. (laughs) I mean, nine years later,
1: it's obviously working. What are all the (laughs) other like softwares or other things that are like going into yours? Like, what where are they getting that data from from the beginning? That it's all being pushed into one place like yours, like. Are there some things that are like everyone uses?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just like it's the like to make it generic. There's control system. Like everyone has their own equipment, mm-hmm. and then their own sensors on the equipment Could be driving a number of things like pressures or rates right. or timestamps or whatever. But there's five of those companies with their own equipment with their own sensors that's coming into their own computers. They they don't necessarily have the format to talk. They don't mm-hmm. know how to connect, and so they just send it up to the cloud. Mm. And in the cloud, they try to make sense of it all. Right. But it's like different format, different program, different, it's like Excel and Word. I was right. going to say, yeah. It's like, let's try and make Excel and Word go together. It's like, yeah. I, I don't know how to do that. Right? right. And so they try their best to make it happen. When we go out there, it's like, okay, here's the operating system and we just sit below all those control systems. So when they show up now, they just snap on and we have like the translator slash adapter. Yeah. And we built all that in. So now it just pulls all that. What raw is data. that?
1: What, when you say that, is that like a hardware software? Like what is? <laughs> the, the layer that's zero. So that's yeah. layer zero. A <laughs> it's a turtle.
2: I talk my hands lot It's a love it.
1: It's a good visual.
2: <laughs> so that we call it layer zero. That's what we're, okay. so the thing is that we had to find language to make this simple for people to understand. Right, yeah. Because mm-hmm. even for oil and gas people, this is more of a software problem.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's not obvious to a lot of oil and gas people, right? But they're now becoming software people because that's 2023. Right. And so we use the term layer zero as like a foundation. If you have all these other companies out there that aren't connected, that's what your database is going to look like. Silos of messy data. Mm -hmm. Physical representation is what your data will end up, right? And so Mm -hmm. if you put the foundation out there, the job of our actual box and cables is to connect everyone. And then the software in it generates its own timestamp. For the whole pad, so gotcha. that makes the containers, mm-hmm. and then we just take all the data from yep. all those people and put them in the right container, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. way now they all share and hit that. Centrally. So wait,
1: that's how you get it like live? Yeah, right. Yeah, because yeah. otherwise, I mean, there's not internet out at some of these locations.
2: No, they all have internet.
1: They do. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, they all have cellular and satellite connection. Got
1: it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay.
2: But we do that too. So it's essentially like you're putting internet between all these guys. Mm-hmm. The key here is that they all have their own systems and stuff. It's just that it's a problem when you try and put it together. Mm -hmm. And the actual operation is one. Right. So the physical operation needs to be represented by the data. And it's not currently. So when you try and you're an oil and gas engineer or something, and you're like using this fragmented, messed up data to Mm -hmm. try to make calls that are going to change something in the operation, it doesn't line up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And so if we can just make that easy, then we can give them the data they need to make those calls. And connecting all these guys, we can just let their computers talk.
3: Yeah, which then gets to all automated kind of stuff. Okay,
1: so let's walk through a day in the life of a <laughs> no of a customer of Coldboard. Yeah, they want to get you out there. What does that look like? How do they get started?
2: Yeah, we call they. We talk to them, and then they call us and say we understand. Now that they have to have a certain level of digital maturity to understand the problem. Right. Because most of them do now. Yeah. And so they'll call us and say, look, we got all these great companies that are service companies, the Halliburton, Slumberjays, Profrax, Liberties, like all those guys. Mm-hmm. They have great control systems and they do great jobs, but we need, we can't manage all the control mm-hmm. systems and the data. And so can you come out here and you can put your layer zero out there, make a base layer to connect all of it, and then you bring it back to us and we'll log in through your system to see all of it at once. Got it, got it.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay.
2: And then Easy. we'll tell you what we want with it after. Yeah. And you just develop that for us. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Um, you said something about, I didn't know this is a thing, um, multi-frack site. Does that mean like you're going in through one well and then you're fracking? Like So I'm picturing like um, vertical, 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 mm-hmm. then you're going in this first one and fracking all of them. Is that correct?
2: No, so they're kind (laughs) of.
3: No, No, it's pretty
2: close. So the multi multi well pads just have a bunch of the vertical well, but all the wells are like most of these ones we're talking about have a vertical and horizontal part. Mm -hmm. And they'll, like, when you look at a pad from the top down, they'll drill out in straight lines like this. So down and then out. Mm -hmm. And then they'll kind of go around the edges this way and this way. It's just about getting the maximum amount of wells in that thin layer of
3: uh, formation
2: and so they drill Mm -hmm. out and they try to get all of it okay and so but when they're doing multi-well frack they'll have like one company's working on the first well pumping Mm -hmm. and the other company's doing wireline over here and they do it in they do this portion like if this is the well they do the end of it with wireline they plug and perf and then they leave because they only want to do a part of it right and then they want to pump so they can frack it, yeah, yeah, and then they want to. The pumpers will unhook, and then they put the wireline back in, and then they'll frack the next one,
3: mm. and then
2: they'll do it in sections so they get the most amount. Because you can't like perf put a bunch of holes in the whole well and pump; it'll all go out the first hole. Right. right. So you gotta start at the end and work your way back. Got,
0: uh, got it. In okay. sections. I feel like we need a video of this, like an animation. Yeah, I know. Where's all. Yeah, Bossol.
2: Yeah, get in your boss. <laughs> Make us a video. <laughs> yeah. So when they do that, so the way they made it a lot more efficient is they'll put like eight wells in a row, mm-hmm. and then they'll start that first section and do their turn, and then they'll go to the other one, and then they'll come, the companies all switch. It's called zipper frack.
0: Mm-hmm. Zipper mm-hmm. frack? Yeah. That's fun. That's a fun
3: That's
0: word. a fun <laughs> <joke>. <laughs> We haven't heard of that. We bueno, That's a <laughs> that's new term. No. Okay.
3: There's that's zipper, a new term. There's
0: zipper frack. There's that's simul
2: frac. There's dual frack.
0: There wow. all kinds of
2: fracks.
1: I like I'm going to have to add most. this to our glossary. I know, Notion. An mm-hmm. I know. So it's funny. My dad worked at Halliburton, and he <laughs> created. Um, he was a part of making many of the tools for fracking. They actually referred to him as I can't remember. It's like King of Frack or King of Fracking, something like that. Like something like crazy, like that. And it's so funny because I know nothing. I'm like, <laughs> Dad, why didn't you teach me anything?
2: <laughs> he was he was he a boss man at Halliburton. <clears throat>
1: He wasn't like in the C suite, but he was pretty high up. Dang. Yeah. He was there for 40 years.
3: What? Jeez. Yeah. That's big time. Well, what he doing now? He's
2: retired.
1: He's retired. He retired in 2019.
2: Oh. Wanna a funny story with Halburn?
1: I do. Seems <laughs> that <laughs>
2: so you know that's your dad? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I have a not funny story. I had another drilling company where I was one of four founders that we built these automated drilling rigs. This was five years ago. And we were funding that company and we built like these $30 million rigs and all this crap and it was like a big deal and we owned a big, I owned a big part of that company and my partners all knew the guys at Halliburton and they are like, oh, we want to do this that, and we'll just get them to be the funders of it. I'm like, no, we don't want to have one investor.
3: Yeah.
2: And that's the end of that story. So it went like a year and then that company was over, overnight post. COVID hit and it was roasted. Oh, no. It just got, Banks. just got banked. Yeah. And, uh, Wait,
1: it was automated rigs?
2: Yeah, Raptor rig.
1: That would have been really cool.
2: Very cool, Yeah. So that one's like moving on, but we lost a Are lot. Are you of money. okay? Yeah. Are you fine? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay, that's but now the funny story. So Halliburton's Western Hemisphere president lives across the street from me, and I didn't know that in Heights, and just moved in there. And they're obviously a big company that we would work that we work yep. with. And we were going to rodeo. And so I picked up a bunch of my guys and we were in the truck, went and got a bunch of beer. And we went and bought our cowboy hats and our little boots and all <laughs> this stuff. How
4: Texas would <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I love it. Right?
2: Like, we got the Ariats and got the, I got everything, the Wranglers. So we're yeah, dressed oh like the God. tags are still on all of our clothes. Yeah. <laughs> and we got all of us dressed up like idiots. Like, we're ready to go. Cases of beer. Morgan Wallen on at like, full volume. Come around the corner in the truck and there's a bunch of people waiting at the house to get in because it was locked. And we were all having a few drinks yeah. in the backyard before we went. And so we rip up and the truck pulls out and we get beer everywhere. And we're like dumping all the cases like it's ridiculous. Really, like dumb and dumber. <laughs> <laughs> right? Essentials only. And there's this other guy standing there, and we start talking, and he could see I have these neon lights in my in my office house. We have a tech house that doubles. Oh, nice. And so it says cold War and all that. And he'd looked it up and he said, Oh, we started chatting. He's like, Oh, I live across the street. I'm like, cool. And he's like, I saw your thing. You're in fracking or something like that. I'm like, yeah, we do fracking. He's like, what frack companies do you work with? And I'm like, oh, ProFrac, Liberty, Halliburton. And he's like, oh, yeah. What about Halliburton? Like, what do you do with them? Like, I don't know. Like, who do you even know who to talk to with that company? We work with them, but like, it's a waste of time. It's impossible. (laughs) I can't figure out who to talk to there. And he's like, how about the second He's like, I'm your guy. (laughs) I'm like, oh, and I put like my two Ooh. cases of beer down. And yes, then- like, you're <laughs>
4: like, hello. Nice hey, oh, me to meet you,
2: sir. <laughs> so I'll leave his name off here. But he's like a super nice guy. and he, he's just like a really good dude. But yeah. that's the funny story of name is like top dog.
1: Wait, that's yeah. hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah. 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 Did he, was he like, I'm sold?
2: Oh, no. No <laughs> but We didn't even talk more about that I did talk to him I got his number we We're going to go for lunch and Good like he's, good When good. we're ready like he's, he's so high up That yeah. it's got to be a, The right thing in the right time yeah. I'm sure he's that, he'll take me in there And go do a thing mm-hmm. But I got to be prepared for it That's kind of guy Redeem yourself
1: Yeah Totally redeem yourself
2: He was really nice That was like Took two seconds And I was like Oh man that's embarrassing He's like dude who cares like, Oh that's cool. Yeah, that's cool
1: That's cool yeah. mm-hmm. I love that um, Do we have any more questions?
0: Not other than our fun ones. I
1: know, it. Oh, God.
3: Um,
0: gosh. <laughs> where's Jules when you need her? The first one is, um, why what? should we care about mm-hmm. energy and oil and, oil and gas? I guess like people mm-hmm. who, maybe minus Julie, because she's from Midland mm-hmm. yeah. Married. But
3: married to the game. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but as we were talking earlier, you know, people outside of Texas, outside of the industry, why should they care?
2: I mean, that's a good question because it's hard to convince anybody. Mm-hmm. I think if you're not interested, if people yeah. are like, why should I care about windmills? And you can talk till you're blue in the face and I'm still not going to care. Mm-hmm. So that's a tricky question. But I think the one thing that's different about that, like why do I care about solar? It just depends on what you're more inclined yeah. to care about. Like if I care about the environment, if I care about this, care about other things. Right. Where I think people could, if you really do are interested in solar or with, like the environment just in general and alternatives or making it better. The cool thing about oil and gas that a lot of people don't know is that it's kind of just painted broadly as like, okay, that's the bad thing, Right. But we have to get rid of it because that's what's killing the planet. That's so not true at all. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And so my partner, uh, Toby Rice, who's, who's kind of a well-known guy in oil and gas, no one outside of it <laughs> will know who he is, but um, he's got this big initiative that he's one educating the market on a lot of this stuff. So I forget the exact numbers, but... If there's liquefied natural gas, which a lot of people don't know about, it's kind of technical, but you use it for power generation and it's really clean burning, like compared to coal, compared to like any alternative that we have that would be used at scale.
0: I think that was his keynote at Fuse last year. Yes. Mm -hmm. Unleashing. Mm
2: -hmm. Unleashing. American. American. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So this is
2: the thing. Why should anybody who doesn't know about oil and gas care? Mm -hmm. If you do really want to make a difference and not just kind of go along with this narrative that politicians are on Fishing. about all the time, yeah. like it's so just droning on about kill this and do this and kill that and do that. Like California, make everything electric and all the cars. okay, We can't even support it. The grid can't do it. Yep. It's not right. even feasible, all this yeah. stuff. Yeah. And how do we really actually make an impact globally? It's LNG.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: China and India, like we can do everything we want here, but if we focused on helping China and India have the same energy revolution that we did that made the West rich, which was like we found these fossil fuels, oil, and gas, and we capitalized on the Industrial Revolution and we became rich. They haven't had that revolution yet. And so people don't know that really, but you go over there and you're like, you should get on solar panels and windmills. They're like, "We what? (laughs) We haven't even had our Industrial Revolution yet. Like, like, what are you talking about? We're still in poverty. Yeah, Yeah, we don't have energy yet. We're going to get rich off the same thing you did first. Mm -hmm, Then we'll talk about that, which is totally fair. Yeah. But they're all burning coal still because they don't have LNG. Right. That's mm-hmm. So if we could get those huge populations just switched over to LNG, and if everyone knew this and could support this, we would become incredibly wealthy nation, really powerful. And we would get meet the global emissions targets because green is not by country, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so we could meet global emissions targets like within a short amount of time. We could do this now. Wow. Turn online, build the plants, shut down the coal, get them on LNG, get rich, increase their quality of life, and meet all the targets. And no politician talks about this, but it's like 1,000% doable.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's why. That's yeah. going to make a great TikTok. Yeah. I can't wait.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: I have to turn mine on. You yeah. should. I don't have it.
1: It's good. Um, you'll have people calling you out for...
2: All of it.
3: Yeah, there's
1: lots of, there's actually a very um, big, like, field presence of uh, oil is. and gas. Like, people will always go on there and call Colin stupid for his <laughs> roughneck videos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. Though every The whole time I'm talking about this, you go back and listen later, you're like, I said that wrong.
0: Yeah. Uh, I didn't make
2: that detail. I shouldn't yeah. have said that. Yeah.
1: That's how you get engagement,
0: though. So mm-hmm.
2: just, you just go. Yeah.
0: You also kind of answered our second question, because yeah, normally exactly. we ask What's the biggest misconception? So I feel like you were like two birds, one stone. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a huge one. I mean, I think what Toby's doing is honestly yeah. one of the most important things that's going on in the U.S. right now. But it's just so hard because yeah. politically the game is just different. They're mm-hmm. not really about what actually works. They're about how to keep their, their political party in power. huh it's just too much. You got to understand like global economics. You got to understand politics. You got to understand energy. And you got to understand environmentalism. If you're going to put it all together, then you'll yeah. understand why and how it's all kind of going that way. Right. But like you said, most people just
1: that's. Don't. I think that's one of our biggest missions. And me personally, one thing that I want to get better at is understanding broader energy so I can apply that knowledge to politics and see where they're really wrong. Um, obviously, there's a base layer I already know. Yeah. Um, but really understand why behind decisions and, you know, be educated. <laughs> yeah. It, it's,
2: I mean, so Michael Schellenberger, great reference. If you guys want to start reading books, he, he's kind of like, he's a brilliant guy that was a Democrat that like staunch has become a Republican because he's starting to unpack all this stuff. But he talks on environmentalism, on economics, and it's the most educated books and discussions I've ever seen. with like, The guy's an
0: mm. animal. Wow. So What's it want- called?
2: Michael Shellenberger is the guy. Michael Shellenberger. And then Got he it. has like um, Apoc- *Apocalypse Never* is his environmentalism book. He talks about all the fallacies of all this stuff. And then there's San Francisco, which is talking about Democrat-run cities and why they're always the ones that are yeah. destroyed. And, Terrible.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And so
4: he
2: gives you, but <laughs> yeah. he's and follows Instagram too because it's it's that's a good resource if you just want to consume stuff fast and get a broad cool. spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's a lot. Yeah. It's like you gotta be it's interested in it. Yeah, for
1: sure. Um, okay, last question. This is the is fun one. one. Your most embarrassing story in your career.
4: <laughs>
1: Which you may
0: have already. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> this is funny because I haven't thought of this in so long and it jumped to the front of my mind immediately.
0: <laughs> I can't wait.
2: <laughs> okay, so uh, when I first started with at the like ta- at the finance place where we're doing private equity and venture capital and all that stuff, they're like, okay, we gotta build some, we're gonna teach you how to build a narrative or a financial narrative for a tech company. So you got a company. And you're like, this is what the company wants to do for a product and a market. But you got, to, what's the story you're going to tell to get investors interested? Because mm-hmm. that's different than the one you're going to tell your customers. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And so building financial narratives have all these things with it. And we do that for a while and kind of learn. And you're like, oh, okay. So this this financial narrative will look like this. And this is the size of the company with the amount of money we're going to raise. That means it goes to very specific type of people. Like private equity guys are different than VCs are different than X, Y, and Z. Right. And so then you learn who to go to and they let you build that. And then they're like, hey, now we got to raise a little bit of money. And you go sit in meetings with people and you watch them do the pitches to raise the money and do all this stuff. And eventually the day comes where you got to, you're the one like you are going on your own. And so that first pitch I ever did was for a really cool company. But I went into the boardroom and it just happened to be that I called a big PE firm and they lined up a pretty full room, which you don't really want.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For the reason you're about to tell us. Uh-huh.
2: And, uh, you want more like one or two guys at a coffee shop for so the first 20 is what I learned. But my personality is like, I'm just going straight for the top. I'm hitting a home run first one. So like imagine like it wasn't this, but imagine like a JP Morgan Chase top floor with like an oak table with 20 mm-hmm. chairs and it's full of bankers. And because it was a good deal, right? I won't say the name of the deal, but it was a big deal like to do with s- satellites and yeah. cameras and all this stuff. But, and multiple people were working on it, but, and so they were interested. They had heard of it, but I was the goomba that was going there to talk to them. <laughs> and so I went and did the whole, like, talk about the camera. So it's all good and they're all interested. And then they're asking questions and I'm dressed like, I still had those suits where it looks like you're going to a court date instead of mm. going to a business meeting. Like they're too big.
4: It's <laughs> <Just>, like square.
2: <laughs> right? Ties like in a little yes. tiny knot that's just tight. And did my thing. And they're like, okay, this is great, Brett. So what, like how much money are you looking to raise? And all that. I'm like, we are raising $5 million in the first round. Very legit. I'm just remembering all my numbers, like 5 million in the first round. And our evaluation is $20 million for this company. And it was like dead quiet. And I'm like, oh no. And they all kind of start closing their books. A bunch of guys just get up and leave. One of the <laughs> guys comes over and grabs my, my hand like this. He's like, we know this is like one of your first ones. We were early on this but it's valuation, not evaluation. <laughs> you evaluate to give a value. <laughs> You're like, thanks for coming in.
4: <laughs> I'm like.
1: Wait, I probably would have said the same thing.
0: You everyone know?
2: does.
1: <laughs> You got that far.
2: And that was it. Did just you like, feel like you like
0: nailed it To Like you said it and you were like, <laughs> I got it. No, you I knew, knew it. You I
2: knew? knew? I was like, so just go out the same door I came in or. I'm just <laughs> I'm You're like, or like, well, I'm going to jump out I the window. The yeah, keep the pen the book. <laughs> Taking this.
0: Yeah
2: was uh, the no, most mortifying know. thing in my Were life. Were you
0: like beet red?
2: Yep, it was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> I, I love like, whole pity party that night for the whole night. Like, I love that someone came
0: over and was like, I know, like held your yeah, hand. Yeah, you honey, like, <laughs> honey, so cute.
2: That was great. Okay, never give up.
0: A little, t- a little tip for you. It, here's
2: a thing. You're an idiot. Don't get discouraged. You're great.
0: <laughs> oh, I love
1: it. <laughs> These keep getting that better. I I know. It's my favorite I part it. of every episode. Mm-hmm. My favorite is to watch people, like, you can see a story come into their head mm-hmm. immediately, and they're like, oh, wait, I can't tell that.
4: Like, yeah, they're like, no, a little tell that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: yeah, no.
0: This is a judgment-free
1: <laughs> zone.
2: Amanda's oh, no. like, there's... Um, we've been doing if you've been doing this long enough there's like i could go there's 50,000 other failures there's like you're basically just a failure if you do entrepreneurial
4: (laughs) until you're not that that
2: day is like one day and it's later and you're like sometime
0: eventually (laughs) Eventually, eventually. maybe
2: you just get used to it it's not a thing anymore
1: yeah you don't fail and learn
2: right exactly
1: Hey, This awesome. is a really fun
0: this episode. This was a good yeah. episode. Yeah, thank you so what much. do we have coming out? What do we need to plug?
1: Um When is this gonna come out? Well, this will come out probably on Energy Tech Night in Midland. So. Oh,
0: great. <laughs> so tonight is <laughs> <it's> Energy <laughs> Tech Night fun. in Midland. But we have one more coming up, Oklahoma City,
1: August 10th. Yes. I mm-hmm. think that's it.
3: Cool. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Love
1: it. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Wait, should we say where to find you? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Where am I on the internet?
2: I'm on the internet. (laughs) It's easy to find. I'm annoying on there. I have everything everywhere. Yeah. You can just Google Colbor, ColborTechnology.com, Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm all of it.
1: Yeah. Colbor puts out some really good content. Like, y'all are killing it with the content game. Um, Other companies should definitely Mm -hmm. follow suit. It's fun.
2: We just like doing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love y'all's team. Like, John and Lee, I saw them. They came to Energy Tech Night in Houston and they were telling me we need to get you on. Yeah. Podcast.
3: It's awesome. Yeah. They're, they're so good. Guys. Yeah. They're such good people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. 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 Check awesome. them out. <laughs> Bye.
0: Thanks,
2: guys. Bye. <laughs>